Max RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 23, Episode 6, 6, 6 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. My name is Gina, she, her. Mm-hmm. I'm Stork. No, wait, that's not right. No, you're, you're not. not. You're not Stork. No, I'm Jib. How's it Yay! going? Stork's MIA. Yeah. Yeah, he's missing again. We don't know. Yeah. He's probably asleep. Actually, he's MIT. It's lost. Missing in Turkey. That probably. Uh, mm, on Thanksgiving, that's tri- appropriate. Tryptophan. Yeah. Tryptophan coma. Yeah. Tryptophan poisoning. Yep. yep. It's an actual thing. It is. It really is. Oh, we got cons coming up in February. Yep. Presidents Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Strategicon.net for information about mm-hmm. that. Uh, oh, and also, let me just mention, uh, thank you for those of you who donated yes. to, to our uh, uh, Ra- uh, Rainbow, Rainbow Railroad. Uh, Charity Marathon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we oh, we hit six. Now, yeah. With six thousand. Six thousand dollars so far. And that that link will be open. Go to happyjacks.org slash rainbow, and that will, link will be open uh, until the end of the year. And... Gina, you said told me that it cost ten thousand yeah. dollars for them to mm-hmm. to save one person. Approximately ten thousand dollars to save one. So we've saved two thirds of a person. Almost, yeah. So like, just because we hit our goal, like you said, you mm-hmm. just kind of guesstimated. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. the link's still open, and yep. yeah. just keep boosting the signal yeah. and push it. Yeah, because that's pretty awesome. They're actually doing a program too that's uh, sixty lives in sixty days right now. So oh, really? We, we could be one of those. That would be awesome. Yeah, that, would that would be, be spectacular to help yeah. somebody like that. Uh, and don't forget, you can still win prizes. So we've got prizes. Um, if you uh, the top four donate donors for the whole fund. Mm-hmm. So whether you were watching during the marathon or not, whether you donated before, after the marathon, the top four get to play in an online game with Jason. So he'll be GMing that for the top four people. Does so he know what he's running? Um, I think it's going to be like a conversation from the four people okay. and figure out like what they'd like him to run. Right. So, and it'll be very fun. Cool. So you can still win that prize, even if you weren't able to make it during our marathon. Excellent. Uh, in this episode of Happy Church Energy Podcast, we discuss mapless versus mapped combat. Mm-hmm. Rands writes in about consequences, and Joshua Edmund, Edmonton Ooh. writes in about sandboxes. Uh, but first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjexrpg at gmail.com. Now it's a good time to send emails, because mm-hmm. our backlog of emails is getting thin. Thin. Um, happyjexrpg at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter, and Instagram, and Facebook, and MeWe! Come MeWe with me. <laughs> At Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. All three of them. Boom. If you would like to watch the show live, you can watch the stream. Go to happyjacks.org slash live. Mm-hmm. And that's on Fridays at 7 p.m. Pacific time. And that's that. First thing I wanted to talk about was mapped versus mapless combat. Ooh. Because I don't think we've covered it. Like pros, a pros and cons thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- and it's it's hard to come up with with topics after nine years that aren't repeats. that we haven't already done. Yeah. Right? And I don't think we've done this. Although someone who's recently listened to the backlog may correct me on that. I think we've talked don't about maps before, but I don't yeah. know if we've talked about like the verses. Right. So we kind of talked about them in passing mm-hmm. here yeah. and there. Yeah. So um, maps versus map less combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pros and cons, preferences, 
Ooh. I, th- I think it's p- it depends on the system, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, but let me just say, I ran GURPS yeah. for the first time in five or six years, yeah. maybe longer. Uh, and I o- used to always use maps. Min- uh-huh. And we played with advanced combat rules when I was in college, which is if you have a move of six, each facing change on a hex map is yes. one point of move. And then and if you want to attack, you can make take one step and attack or t- mm. turn one and attack or whatever. But um, we used to play it that way all the time. Makes combat long. Yeah. But this game, I just ran it. We didn't we didn't do it. I just did it sort of I think there are systems that well, I guess I'll, I'll say two two points to me that are kind of drawbacks when I've played mapless cuz I have no problem playing mapless, but where it can be frustrating is if you um you think you understand what the scenario is and where the five mooks are and the one big bad and the that sort of thing and you specifically are going to hit something but then somebody else thinks you hit somebody else or you're not close enough and they you know that whole thing where the theater of the mind kind of i don't know the theater of the mind kind of breaks down into tactical explaining of what what, who, what, where, why, mm-hmm. and how oh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's going to bog down the game by me having to understand, you know, where the guys are, how can I hit the most of them? You know, then you start talking like that. Like area You're effect playing, spells and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, I would want to position myself so that if I did, like, you know, chain lightning, I could get the most of them that I could get. Like, you end up starting to kind of not narrate and talk tactically anyway. Right. So versus maybe being able to actually see something and say, you know, I move towards this chair, I'm going to move towards the chair and get behind it, but I'm going to cast Chain Lightning and hit these two guys and then get partial cover or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And then there are times that when you're playing with someone, the GM maybe has a very specific idea of what's going on, so they're not as flexible about, oh yeah, sure, you can hit three guys. It's mm-hmm. like, oh no, you're you weren't there or that sort of thing. Right. So it can get a little. Yeah, that that to me is the biggest challenge with not not using. And I, I think I I prefer to not use a map now. Mm-hmm. Part of that has to do with the fact that we're streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And there's it's a big thing to put out a map, especially if people are going to be able to see it. Not. It's all like yeah. You just don't like drawing in front of people. Well, they get to see my lame drawings. <laughs> I know. And I don't mind. I don't mind that as much. I know. I'm just giving you shit. But but I think, but it it, it it's suddenly a rigor moral because now because yeah. yeah. we usually I mean look at the table right now and we're yep. not even playing anything and there's yep. stuff all over. If I needed to use that map right now, it's like okay, we gotta clear everything away. Yeah. And I can't get close to it. So some of it has to do with the fact that we stream. Yeah. Now, but not entirely. No, because when we did um, Dead Rain. Like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a huge deal. Like we got we got we narrowed it down. We learned a lot about streaming with a map from that campaign. Right. Um, but uh, I think I think that was the kind of the one campaign that really changed my mind on maps because I think before that I was very like eh maps are like eh. But that one specifically when we were fighting those zombies, I liked having uh-huh. the idea like knowing hard like concrete where everything was and being able to plan tactics. Because I think, because I mean, I play a lot of like mapless games, PBTA most of the mm-hmm. time, there's no map and things like that. Sometimes you draw it out so everyone kind of knows where things are. But I really like being able to look at that and being like, okay, like like planning. 
I think the the obsessive compulsive yeah. power power mad woman in me like the type A loves like really seeing where everything is and really like having that concrete and being able to strategize. Right. Well, and that's not it's not even so much I mean it might be an element of control, but I also think I mean like you're better prepared to do what you want to do versus like um, who am I next to? What happened? Where did it move? Am I this far? Am I within range? Like without having to ask like a ton of qualifying questions and then figure out that you can't really do the thing you wanted to do anyway yeah. because you don't have a general idea of what's going on on the... I think Desert of Despair, we did the same thing. Like we would go mm -hmm. mapped for a session and then we'd go mapless. Mm -hmm. And at least being able to kind of go back and forth, I thought was helpful. Yeah. Especially because when you're playing games like um, Pathfinder or D&D, um, even Savage Worlds, there are there are mechanical... Mm -hmm. oh, like the templates and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, flanking is a thing or uh, um, disengaging or, you know, things yeah. like that. So it's right. kind of good to understand the, like, the scene. Yeah, it's super important in Savage Worlds. Like... I don't know. I, I, I'm, and I liked in in um, Dead Rain. You're right. We did flip back and forth, and I think it. I think that we did. We found a good balance of it because it was like in small combats, like we wouldn't worry too much about it. Like mm -hmm. when there was that one scene in the house where we got attacked when we were sneaking around in that house. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't need a map for a house. It's not that big anyway. You can describe it. But like the airport battle, when you have this large yep. space and yep. you're trying to figure out exactly where the buildings and the old planes and stuff are, and yep. where the zombies are, like it, it's helpful, especially when you've got that long range where your character would have time to plan, mm -hmm. like to see all that. Right. So, you've been very quiet. <laughs> Didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> um, I, I think a there are a couple of things that that come into play. One is, I agree with you guys, it, it depends a lot on the system. Mm -hmm. It also depends on the nature of the game that you're trying to portray. Mm -hmm. If the combat you're trying to portray is a, a centerpiece to what's going on, then I'm more likely to want to have a map. Mm -hmm. If it's not central to the, the narrative of the story, then I'm more likely to want to not have right. it. Um, the other thing is, if I'm running theater of the mind my philosophy is, philosophy is air on the side of the players mm -hmm. yeah that means if gina says am i close enough to do this unless there's a, ma a significant narrative reason why she's not like she told me previously she was going over there instead mm -hmm. um then i'm gonna say yeah you're, you, you can right. do that you can make that mm -hmm. happen if it's a question of can i move as far as i need to to do the thing do the thing mm -hmm. right you, you do the thing carry on um it's going to take something that's really just that, that the player has said something that precludes what they are saying now mm -hmm. before I'm going to, going to pause them and say, are we sure about that? Mm -hmm. um, in terms of does my spell hit all of these guys, what I have found useful for me, because I, I run Savage Worlds a fair bit, um, is I will take the number of people, of bad guys who are potentially affected, and I will roll an agility check for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If they make it, if they if they fail, there's no way they're 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 in the mix. If they are, if they make it, if they get a success but not a raise, then they're sort of in the mix. Mm -hmm. They'll get take you know maybe half damage or something. And if they make get a raise on that, then they're out. Then they manage to be outside of it. Mm -hmm. Right. 
you know, seems like a fair way for things to happen. Mm-hmm. And since at best most, you know, extras in Savage Worlds are going to have a D6 for whatever it is they're doing and no, you know, wild die, mm-hmm. the odds of them getting out are not spectacular. Right. Yeah, I, I um, in the last Blood Blade and Tusk game, was the last one? Uh-huh. Second, one before last. Uh-huh. When you guys were in the, the sort of yes. underground water yeah. chamber things. Um, uh, Samantha's character jumped down in mm-hmm. it right in the middle of them and was it you or Bria one of you ca- cast an area of spell yeah and rather than trying to draw it out I just said okay well she's kind of surrounded because she like jumped right into the middle that it was going to hit her too so yeah. it, it's like if you want to hit all of them you're going to hit her her as well so and, <laughs> and everyone was fine with that yeah yeah <clears throat> I mean you know, it's logic and, but I do th- I, I think there is there is a level of <clears throat> tactics <clears throat> that I think theater of the mind combat is almost always going to miss because there's there's just a level of information that's not there. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing because I, it makes yeah. combat longer. I think it depends on the game. Well, right. and I think too, like I find I am more willing to take risks in theater of the mind games. Like, right. I try weird-ass shit that I would never try, I think, with a map there. And I'm not sure, like, the the link between my risk-taking and being able to see where the bad guys are and, like, me being too tactically focused. I mean, maybe not too tactically focused, but me more, being more tactically focused than, like... I, I, I mean, I don't know if it, it may be the, also the the flavor of the games. Because a lot of times it's masks or demigods Mm -hmm. or something. So it's like, yeah, I'm totally gonna turn into a rainbow and grab the back of this motorcycle and, like, whatever craziness is happening. Um, Versus when it's in a combat... When it's on a map, like, I don't know, maybe it feels more dangerous. Maybe it feels more real. I I think sometimes when the minis are on the table, when we have a map, I think there's a a thought switch that goes on Mm -hmm. that switches from what do I want to do Mm -hmm. to what can I do? Or what should I do? Fair. Like, like, like what, rather than what's the most fun, what is the most effective? Maybe. That's possible. Well, I mean... You got a thought. thought. Oh, no, I can wait. I was just... The the tactical level of of playing theater of the mind is basically just resource management and concentrating damage. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's your tactics if you're not using a map. That's why yeah. I, I guess for me part of it is if the system is crunchy and the system has bothered to come up with uh, rules, a rule set, and m- even more specifically um, information that's on my character sheet, whether it's feats or moves or edges or whatever, that will have to do with movement and... Um, other sort of mechanically mm-hmm. inclined strategies, strategic approaches to your character, I kind of would err on the side of, side of wanting that grid more than not wanting it. Because there is something satisfying for me as a player, because I realize, I mean, we're not all the same and we all get different, kind of you get juiced from doing different things. But um, let's use probably the most tactical uh, RPG that we've all ever played or at least that I have, which is 4E, right. there is something pretty goddamn satisfying about being able to use what's in your toolkit and do something narratively that is super cool based on the mechanics of your character. Like, it's really satisfying. Yeah. And there's a, a whole, not a class, but a category of, mm-hmm. of character types, yeah. the controllers. Yes. 
which is that which would be very challenging to yeah. run, and there's going to be a shit ton of guesswork if you mm-hmm. don't have a map. And even yeah. if somebody's yes handing you, it's just less. There's just something less than about because you that. didn't actually accomplish. You didn't. It's like I put myself in the exact. You didn't spot. checkmate. <laughs> right. You didn't go. Oh yeah, I use entangle, and I'm going to pull that guy right into the barbarian, and right. You know, like you can still do that, but. It's just you're going to have... Uh, it, it doesn't have the impact. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. So it kind of depends. Thank you. Um, what happened to your I know it was a little tiny, but it was... I'm very good at hiding them now. Yeah. Peer pressure. Yeah. I don't know. Gee, what happens, Sue? Why would I be afraid to sneeze? Uh-oh. Yeah, here it comes. <laughs> um, <laughs> that wasn't me. Um, yeah, uh, it's probably fine. Jason in the chat room. Says, yeah, if I'm playing a monk in D and D, the biggest yeah. benefit is my extra movement stuff. Right. So in yeah. that particular situation, like sometimes if you're not using a map, you can get robbed of. Yeah. I mean, the the DM to their best ability will try of and make course. that fair, but like actually counting the squares and getting those extra squares is a big deal. Oh yeah, I remember Tappy played a, uh, a oh, warden yes. in yeah. fourth edition, and his yeah. warden he 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 oh, stacked up his feats. Yeah. And he could oh. he could move like. 18 squares in a turn Ooh. and still attack. Off the yeah, um, <laughs> I played a skirmisher mm-hmm. in a three, D&D 3.5 game years ago, and my whole thing was being able to roam through the combat, and I could move into groups of people, attack them, and move out because I didn't provoke attacks of opportunity when I left right. a threatened square. Yeah. Yeah. So the ability to do that and it, re- really needed a map well, for what, what we were doing. What you'll find maybe more often than not is that other people will be able to do the same thing you can do just because there's hand waving going on. Yeah. So then it becomes a little bit like, and it's not that anybody's trying to, you know, you built your Deny character you. around this. Right. Yeah. It's just that because we're doing theater of the mind, you don't want to be like, no, that guy's like five feet further away from you. Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, so then things like that can happen. Mm-hmm. I've been in story games though before where you can tell the table goes to a point of frustration yeah. Where it's just like, can we please have a fucking piece of paper and make some X's on it? Yeah. Because like we're all kind of confused about, and there's it's doesn't it's no one's fault, and you know it's just maybe there's a, enough going on with five people playing and mm-hmm. a, you know an MC or a GM participating that there's just some confusion about what's going on in the For sure. yeah where you just need a piece of paper and put some X's on it yeah or something like I that. I mean, but, uh, just look when when people. Talk about talk about when they read a novel and their favorite characters and they try to describe their characters. Yeah, everyone's going to have a different, slightly different description. Absolutely, you know I mean? and it's the same yeah. thing. It's like you're going to describe the combat scene and as best you can, but it it's going to get interpreted differently. Yeah. I mean, that's I, I do the little thing with a piece of paper and put dots or yeah. X's on it or whatever all the time. That's actually really <laughs> helpful, um, like an in between sort of not using a map but being able to illustrate. It's like Okay, you're in this pass, this narrow pass, and here's where these guys are, and here's where these guys up on the rocks are, and mm-hmm. where are you guys? Yeah. Right. And then you can kind of go from there. From a GMing standpoint, one downside to using maps is you've gone through all of this effort, and because and, I like to draw them. Right. Because I, I, you're an artist. Well, okay. Um, yes. But mm-hmm. then to draw a map, and then, then the characters all turn left <laughs> before they ever got there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that's like, happened to me, too. Uh, we're the worst. No, no, it's not the worst. worst. It's just, you know, the story went a different way. Yeah. And I, it's a little, fr- I have 
I have battle mats, but then having to stop everything and go, yeah. okay, because now we've just interrupted the flow of the game. Right. Right. Um, and it's it's a lot more satisfying f- to be able to go, okay, cool, there you go. Yeah. There's what's in front of you. Um, on the other hand, th- something that, that came up, um, I was not involved in the game. I heard the story. So, yeah. But... Um, there's a game going on, and there was you know players were doing their thing, and the GM turns around, picks up a map, and sets it on the table. And one of the players go, "Oh well, now shit's getting real." Yeah. Right. <laughs> As a GM, I'm just going, and it wasn't before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I get it. I see where this is. Nice. All right. <laughs> uh, first email. Cool. One of you ladies. I was going to read it. Oh. But go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> it's your show. You can blow. It's, you can blow the whistle on the train. Go ahead. Show. It's go your ahead. show. It's your show. You know. You don't control. You no, don't, you should. You, you should read you it. You don't control the throttle, but you can blow day. the whistle. It's your show. <laughs> you do you. All right. Uh, no, it's too long. I want to read it. No. Uh, Good day, you jolly jackaroos and jillaroos. Jillaroos. I've been listening to your show since the beginning, and I'm a huge fan of the show. But I feel compelled to write for the first time. Woo-hoo. Following the re- release of ShadowCon 12, All right, I listened to, to it a few days ago and have been stewing on this. <laughs> I take exception to that. And get it? Cause, yes, you're and the fact, uh-huh. and the funny. Fact, and the fact that my opinion has, hasn't softened in that time is a pretty good indication yeah. of the strength of my feelings on the topic. Absolutely. What? A bunch of whiny bitches. The end of the episode pretty much sums up my frustration with players and organized play RPGs in particular. Actions should have consequences. The players led a rebellion against a uh-huh. lawful ruler of the land, mm-hmm. broke the laws of the land, murder hoboed their way through the episode with a few quote-unquote diplomatic interludes <laughs> where they stubbornly <laughs> refused to give any ground. Okay. And the guy that flat out, flat out refused... To hand over his weapons to the guard especially stands out in my mind. The players kill Mame, kill slash Mame, the guards, kill everyone important to the Baroness, even leaving aside any misunderstood implications for her lands, and then whinge and whine when she won't cooperate with them. Full respect to the GM for not rolling over and capitulating to the players. For me, <laughs> RPGs are about actions and consequences. You make your bed, you lie in it. Or work out a, a way to get out of the pit again. What you don't do is complain to the GM about how they have shut down the story because the player's actions have resulted in a diplomatic impasse. As a player, I find consequences compelling and engaging, but it really sounded like the players in this episode just wanted to just expected a quote-unquote win condition to be handed to them because quote, our way is the only way, end quote. The reward for playing the game is playing the game regardless of the outcome, mm-hmm. not winning, quote, unquote. Uh, hmm. Let's, th- is this a case of PCs railroading the GM? Quote, let us win the way we want to or else. Hmm. And then they put a little emoji with a, the, <gasps> the circle that, like, like shocked, oh, the shock, shock emoji, yes. I guess? Or the shock emoji. I think so. Check your PC entitlement, please. Uh, particularly the dude that was on verge of throwing a tantrum that he didn't want to get that he didn't get his way. GMs set the scene and react to the PC's actions. It's it is not incumbent on the GM to dig the PCs out of a narrative hole that they have dug for themselves. It is for the PCs to come up with a solution to move the story forward, or accept the story branch has come to an end and start another. 
I've recently stepped away from running Pathfinder Society games for this reason. The players have become so used to having scenario rewards handed to them with little or no threat of permanent consequences, i.e. death or attribute damage, that they are genuinely offended when something bad happens. What do you mean I only get one instead of two prestige points for the scenario? I take eight points of strength damage? Well, that's my game fin... Well, that's my game finished. I don't think that's the sentence he intended to write when he started it. Uh, for maybe this, they say that. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> well, that's my oh, game finished. finished. Well, yeah. that's my game finished. There you <laughs> go. That's the. I oh, think. it could. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. It's, I think it's, it's like, like how dare you give me the, the, strength the damage? <laughs> yeah. Uh, for this reason, I'm hoping to start a Blades in the Dark mini campaign yes. in the near future, uh, where there is an explicit expectation that bad things will happen. Yeah. Uh, play ten candles. Um, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And action have and actions have consequences, whether good or bad. I'm hoping the players I GM for will approach the new system with a fresh perspective, but I was generally shocked at the reactions of the Happy Jacks players, given their experience with the hobby. Look forward to many more episodes uh, and APs to come, and apologies for any offense I may have caused uh-uh. to the players. All the best, Rands. P.S. Good luck. If you're trying to read this in an Australian, Australian. accent, Aww. no, Australians don't like my Australian accent. I was born I in was Liverpool. Born. Mm-hmm. I was born in Liverpool. Uh, nice. Lived with a bunch of Irish people uh, for a long time and haven't have lived in Oz for the last eighteen wow. years. My accent is mongrel to say the least. Minus two. Yeah. D smile. Yeah. Yeah, well, lucky for Rans that there's two people from that game sitting here. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I haven't I haven't watched or listened to it yet, it, so I mentioned it. So it was a Blades in the Dark game? No, no. it was a Warhammer game. Warhammer, okay. Oh, and it's the, the little mini campaign. Got yeah, it. Okay. it's the mini campaign. Okay. We're actually doing Blades in the Dark next. Oh, got it, okay. But, but You mentioned running that, so I didn't know if that was like yeah. a comparison. Okay. No, it's he's absolutely right. Like, there are consequences in this game. And the GM we have is the GM I play with that is the most your actions have consequences. So mm-hmm. we are all used to that at Colin's table. Mm-hmm. I We actually had a debrief and then a debrief off camera after the debrief because that game got funky for, I think, just different reasons for people. And what it kind of came down to, and then... Are a couple different things. Our dice, our die rolls were atrocious. Yeah. They were horrible. Yeah, so it wasn't that the GM and I don't think we felt like we were getting uh, dice. You know, we were getting dice blocked. We okay. weren't getting story blocked. Right. But after a while, when you're just like you're doing what you're what you want to try to do, whether it's in your character's you know mucho skill set or just average or whatever, and just like fail, 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 fail. Um, so I think there was a little bit of that where it's like we did try different things. We tried diplomatically, mm-hmm. um, but the reactions to our failures were like making it harder and harder and harder to, to like do what we thought we needed to do. Right. Um, Very quickly, yeah. What, what's, what is the di- what is the dice mechanic in percentiles? Uh, percentiles. Oh, oh, see, fuck percentile dice. I hate oh. fucking percentile dice. <laughs> well, and this is it's almost as bad as it is. It's as bad as a d twenty. This is um, and this is Warhammer, <laughs> and this, and so I'm going to say another thing is a disconnect that that I as a player have with Warhammer because I'm newer to Warhammer, so now I this get is it. A Warhammer Fantasy. This right? is Warhammer Fantasy, and it's the fourth edition. So the mechanics are not a problem. The mechanics are, but I do have questions about the mechanics, and we debrief about that also, because mm-hmm. uh, the books just came out, and we started playing it when the PDFs were just available. Um, so it, Warhammer is a dark world, 
Yes. And, it, and it is very, very possible that your character gets burned at the stake for being a heretic and, you know, slaughtered that, or whatever. That may be coming our way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, oh, it, cool. it, it may be because what we ended up doing after failure, failure, failure to, like, have a conversation with this guy, it was a baron. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to have a conversation with him, and he wasn't having any of it. And then he was acting very weird. And I, as a character, made a judgment call that he uh, was ch- chaos affected. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I reacted and continued my story uh, with my character like he was chaos affected. He might not have been. He might mm-hmm. have just been an eccentric, rich baron. Mm-hmm. Um, so absolutely, there was slaughter. We killed a bunch of guards. Uh, one of the players had the, had guards leading them into the building on the promise that they were going to be okay, but they weren't with me and someone else. So then when they said we had to disarm, I was like, no, mm-hmm. we are not disarming. And so then they tried to physically disarm us. So it was like, so, and, and he's absolutely right. I think we were, we were all sort of in awe of like what had transpired mm-hmm. because we weren't trying to like, be well and here's my best example and and this was something colin and i talked about after i did like massively make one of my diplomacy roles but i didn't get the response to that and that's kind of when because another character then did something else but i'm like if you do if you make a role and then you succeed at the role then the action should happen the consequence of that making that role so what happened is otherwise kind of right. right So there was kind of this house of cards that got built, and when we finally had a success, it didn't have any ramifications because mm-hmm. another character did something, and then it all fell like apart. And and it not having, and it canceled yeah. out that the whole thing that you had been building up. Yeah. To. So I rolled for it was like I rolled for nothing. Right. Um, I think though. And not like being an outsider, not mm-hmm. knowing exactly what's happening, just kind of hearing the yep. description, like. I think that's valid, though, and I could be wrong, not yeah. knowing the specific situation. But if one player is building up to something and another player is doing something else, that I think that's okay. Contrary, yeah, in it's some way. much as I've been there, and that sucks to be yeah. the player. Like having another player character do an action that negates right. it, I think is legitimate. Right, and, and I, I see that point. It yeah. is, but but what's the point? Of, what's fuck, the point of turn order then, though? So they went out of order. Well, no, because oh. you can't. How do you react to something someone else is doing? When it's technically turn order, that person's turn. Right. So it it's, was like in combat turn order. Well, it's kind of like yeah. Like okay. Gina did her thing, made her roll. Yeah. Okay, and then before the he was re- like, result respond, yeah. result to that, mm-hmm. the NPC involved sees another another player character and acts on that instead yeah. of okay. Yeah. I, so I I can see absolutely. Yeah, you know, th- it's it's just a disconnect. It's just an unfortunate disconnect. Um, the uh, to, to talk to a couple of other things that he talks to about in here. Um, one, my character was absolutely convinced that this Baron was insane. Yeah. That- and he was threatening his own people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With 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 death. Isn't that pretty a, normal for war on a grand though? scale? Uh, it's required. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. But, so, but the the position that my character then took was, yeah. well, we have to get this guy out of power. Yeah. And so we're going to do what we have to do to make that to do that. Right. I'd rather talk about it 
But yeah. on the other hand, my character's a cavalryman. He's not real inclined to be talky. Warhammer's not if, a very talky set. No, and not when <laughs> in character, like, you tried and you we, tried, uh, and it's like... It is the murder so hobo we, setting, yeah, we right? went, So it we went through this, and yeah. when it came down, it's like, we have the total upper hand in the tactical situation. Right. And then the guards are saying, oh, you have to disarm. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, I don't. No, but I, I think, we're winning. Yeah, <laughs> you can disarm, mm-hmm. but and think, we'll go talk. Yeah. I was going to say, but I think the where the listener and the writer is is not wrong is that it and it probably ended up sounding, depending on your point of view, um, like <coughs> we were because then when we, you finally get to the end run and we get into the room with the Baron that I had shot with a crossbow, then mm-hmm. when he said I could talk to him, and then he reneged and tried to capture my peep. Mm. So I shot him with a crossbow, so he dies the second we go in the room, and his mother uh, and won't like won't talk to us, in part because we're failing roles. Mm-hmm. So and it's like, it just that's the way the randomizer was saying the story needed to go. Yeah. And, <laughs> and to be fair, emotions were high. Yeah. I, I, will, I will grant that. Emotions yeah. were high. Um, and there was a point where I raised my voice, mm-hmm. because I made a statement, and the GM and I disconnected about where that went. Right. And I would not have gone to the extent that he went to yeah. with the, with it. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's good to have these um, and these things, though. Yes. Because, I mean, that's that's kind of one of the things that I think kind of makes us different than a lot of like Absolutely. people who put our games out there. Is, like, we are really just friends who are really just hanging out. Yep. And yeah. like there, there are going to be awkward moments. There's going to be wrong calls by people. So there's going to be like those heated emotions. And yeah. I think putting it out there, like this is what happens in real people's games, and this is right. what happens in our games because we're real fucking people. Yeah, we just turn the cameras on. We don't edit or anything. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing. Because I think people are sometimes surprised when they listen to APs or watch something. Yeah. And there are those moments there. Yeah. So. Yeah, because it's not scripted and it's yeah. not. Yeah. We're not performing from a script. We're not, right. as much as I'd love to be, we're not improv like specialists no. or, you know, hopefully we get better and better. But, <laughs> yeah. but it was that from that point of view, and we had a long conversation about it uh, in Slack. We had a long yeah. conversation afterwards because I think there were multiple things at play that just kind of funked with everybody yeah. emotionally. So uh, you guys had a, a debrief on stream. We had a debrief like. on okay. stream and then more off stream because I think it was when we were debriefing on stream it was still a little like raw. I don't understand still what just happened. Still a little bit happened. raw <laughs> yeah. in that moment. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's okay. These things happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're playing this game again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and we're picking up from, from pretty much right that moment right. I think. Yeah. And um, I will speak for my character uh-huh. and say I have every expectation of imperial authorities coming down and going, yeah, no. <laughs> well, see, that's... And, I, and yeah. as a player, I'm fine with that. Right. Yes. We made choices. Yeah. On the other hand, I can also make the argument, we just conquered this barony. Uh-huh. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. Which and is- if we can now then can then turn around the problems mm-hmm. in this barony and make things cool and make, th- make this pro- barony profitable... Yeah, it's possible. That's a long-term goal for my character, by the way. Yeah. Too. So it's like, um, so conquering. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to gain a peerage, uh, and that's one way in that world yeah. of gaining a peerage. Uh, absolutely, not of people. That. Now, is this is the Warhammer fantasy? Is it the same? The same emperor? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Okay, but he's not dead yet because he he dies in thirty thousand. Yeah. 
So this is like, he's like 50 or... He's not dead, Stu. He's, he's not dead. Yeah. He's not dead yet. Because he, well, he gets killed... Doesn't he? Isn't he's age, like everlasting, no. I, like life, though. Right? Well, no, he's undead. He's sort that's, of. That's he, what I'm saying. He's, he's, he's not, like super psionic. He's not dead. And they have to like slaughter <laughs> a thousand sci- yeah. psionic, yeah. psionic people to, Heresy. every day yeah. to to keep him alive. And he's the good guy in the sex. Yes. <laughs> what I found really good. interesting is that have you ever sat at a table with your friends and played a game <laughs> and had one of those sessions? Where you literally at the end of the game, we like, I think if you would have asked every person at that table, it's like, I don't know what the fuck we do next. Yeah. <coughs> where, where within, I don't know, 72, 48 hours of talking about some of the, cause some of it was mechanics that I was like, I think mechanically there were some choices we made, um, to tweak the system that were fucking with my character. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about that a little. We talked about some other things. We talked about the not feeling, I, it probably sounds like you feel entitled, but that honestly it wasn't that we expected that we should have been given stuff on it. It was just it was a conf- conflux yeah. of other stuff. Yeah. Well, but I'm I, super I, excited I, to play this game. Yeah, like because we did paint ourselves into a motherfucking mm-hmm. covered with blood red corner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and I'm all for consequences. I think mm-hmm. consequences yeah. are great. I will say this though, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying Colin did this. I'm just saying you know, consequences don't always have to immediately go to eleven. <laughs> Although, I mean, part yeah. of that also depends on the world you're playing. And Warhammer yeah. is a very much an 11 world. So, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes that's going to happen because yeah. if you put yourself on the other side of the, the screen, yeah. and Colin doesn't use the screen, but when people are failing and failing and failing to do what they're trying to do, the situation is escalating yeah. behind. Or, or if you're playing uh, PBTA and the, the MC has fronts, um, you might not see that mm. like right away, but shit is going to happen, and it might be super fucking ugly. People might even end up dead in a PBTA game, which doesn't happen all the time, um, because stuff is going to. There are yeah. going to be consequences Absolutely. to those actions yeah. for yeah. sure. Um, I think one of the things though that we talked about after, and this probably might have been on ca- camera. But when you do get excited in your role play, Mm -hmm. there are things that you can do, though, that we've talked about where um, you can tell people how they feel, but don't tell them what they do. Mm -hmm. So as a reaction, and I think that was the only time that that it was like, I didn't do that, (laughs) where it was in reaction to something you were successfully able to do. And I think you, but the Baroness wanted was trying to leave the room. And I said, no, I'm blocking the door. Mm-hmm. And the next thing the GM said was, well, when you knock her down to the ground, I went, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm I blocking the door. Mm-hmm. We had already fucked up enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm super excited to play it. I am very excited Which I to think play it. Is, and, and is a good... Baroness and I are likely to have a very unfortunate conversation. Well, she'll probably get a super awesome suite of rooms in somewhere where she can't leave and... We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, there are two people that we really need to deal right. with directly. Yeah. The Baroness is one, and then the li- the remaining sergeant of the guard is the other one. Yeah. And I'm going to put it to him simply. It's like, yeah. how loyal are you? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think the thing is, too, I think one of the cool things about ShadowCon um, is that you guys play these little-known games, like, not little-known, but, like, lesser-played games. Right. Yeah. And that does, in, you know, put you guys in situations often where, yep. like, Warhammer is a very set universe. Yeah. And sometimes when you're playing these short campaigns in a very set universe, there's yep. going to be, not mistakes, but, like, there's going to be things that 
like the GM because they know the system so well would be like, oh, that's <coughs> not a good decision. But you don't know that as a player necessarily because I mean we've done that in L five R when we first started playing L five R. Oh my god, we made so many. Like, oh, oh I look back and I'm just like the beta test or the first one. Well, the first yeah. one, like because yeah. the beta yeah. test still is the same kind of universe at least. So even though the the dice and stuff yeah. were different, but that I like listen back sometimes to that first campaign. I'm like, I can't believe I said that to that person. Oh my god, <laughs> what was I thinking? Like, yeah, because just learn the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, Atomic Samurai Cyborg in the chat room says the 40k Emperor and the Fantasy Emperor are not the same. So oh, there you go. Thank us. you. Yeah. So, good to know. Thank you. Good but, to know. But that's what having adult conversations too uh, does for you, I think. And yeah. we talk about that a lot. Where it was just like it was kind of raw because we were all like, "What the hell just happened? <coughs> what did?" And yeah, yeah, player expectations and uh, character expectations, and just kind of everybody being confused, but kind of talking through it. Mm-hmm. It's like and thinking we were at a place where we literally like none of us. We were like, "What can we do?" And now. I'm totally ready for that. And I'm ready for whatever. Well, and you guys were great. You guys took the time to have the conversation after the game. You stepped back. You had later conversations when when tempers and, like, emotions had gone down. Yeah. Which is so important to, like, not just think you fixed it in the moment because people tend to be like, yeah, it's fine, and it's not fine. Yep. And then you guys have taken time, and then now you're ready to come back to it, and everybody is ready to come back to it fresh. And yeah. Yeah. Friends again. Yeah. And, and excited about it. Yeah. 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 So that was an awesome letter. Because, uh, I mean, I think it's not a, a bad call. That was a good call <laughs> and a good letter. Because I do think it could have come across like that. I don't think we were trying to do that, but for us to be like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Would have absolutely read that way to somebody. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it, in the moment, it can be that way. and Yeah. It, it is that way in real games. <laughs> Life right. is messy. Sometimes. Real people. Messy, especially mm-hmm. when you're playing with mm-hmm. emotions and dice. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the, the randomizer. Yeah. That said, sometimes. no, you will not do that. No, you yeah. will not do that. Fuck percentile dice. Well, and the thing... All dice. All dice. If I can spend five mm-hmm. seconds talking about the mechanical implication of something we house-ruled, is that this uh, fourth edition is pretty freaking sweet Mm -hmm. and I like it a lot and Mm -hmm. I've only played first edition Um, Colin has played he's our expert and so is Morgan who plays (coughs) Um, but there are supposed to be 40 more trait points or 20 more trait points that we would have been able to spend which actually you know if you're working on a percentile five is huge Mm -hmm. oh yeah so if I'm willing to try to get a 38 versus a 43 or I'm trying to get a 53 versus a 48 it, it makes a difference. So um, to make it grittier, there are two things we house ruled that our characters are more within, in keeping with like the Warhammer universe mm-hmm. versus fourth edition. They're a little more oofy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, which is not not bad. But I was like, oh, <coughs> those points. That's that, where that they would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice to have those points. Yeah. But it's okay too, because yeah. yeah, yeah, actions should have consequences. Otherwise, it's not fun to play. Yeah. To be honest, word, cool. Sandbox games. Thank you, Rans. Yeah, yeah, and thank you for being brave enough to like call <coughs> us and stuff because that's cool. <coughs> no, I like that too. Yeah. Which we're gonna see in other letters, maybe. Oh, we are. Okay. Yeah. Right. I haven't done the homework, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah, th- this is the this is the angry email episode. Nice. All right. You yeah, guys you're kidding. It from the don't intro. worry, I'm the, I'm the target of the next. One. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, can I read it? Yeah, sure. Okay, good. I don't care. Dictator Stew and his yes men, people, and the occasional disaster. Or dissenter. (laughs) 
Holy shit, Was there a big crash out there? There was. Your dogs are fighting or something. No, but I I did hear like a thunk. I I didn't think it was a car thing, but... No, it was uh, Baloo hitting the wall. Okay. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Holy shit, Stu. You really don't like when people disagree with you, do you? Well, I'm about to, and as much as I hate to say it, Stork said something extremely relevant, and I'm 100% agreeing with him. See, first time in nine years, and <laughs> okay. he misses it. He's what, not here. What universe this is, this guy, is this guy living in? Yeah. I just want to know. The one where Stork is right? I'm rage creating this email already. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Somebody else. <coughs> no, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, it's okay, I love you, Stork Even though you didn't show up tonight and I don't know where you are uh, Having a GM game change, uh, changes the nature Oh, having a GM game changes the nature of the game As soon as the GM makes some sort of input into the game It is no longer a sandbox And by the way, Minecraft can be fun, sure But most of the time, it's boring <laughs> as fuck <coughs> It is fun to build your own shit, sure But it's also nice to have a world interact with your shit, too uh, by your definition of sandbox, you are pointless. There should be no GM because the players have to think of everything. Example. Stu's idea. Players, we want to walk into town and head to the blacksmith to get our gear repaired. Stu, the blacksmith is in the middle of making some ornamental work for a local trader, and he said it, he will get your stuff to you later in the day. Player. <laughs> Hang on, Stu. This is my world, and you are controlling it. I thought it was a... I, I was in control. I want him to drop everything and repair my shit now and give me a discount because I am pretty. <laughs> I'm glad I picked that voice for the player. I know, right? right? <laughs> Stu, uh, well, shit. I did say that everything comes from you guys, so sure, go ahead. God forbid I put block your sandbox and interfere with your, quote, fun. Everyone else who understands how games are played. Players. <laughs> I love the fact that I don't know anything about role-playing games. No, you don't That's know awesome. About role-playing games. <laughs> and players. Um, we walk into town and head to the blacksmith to get our gear repaired. GM. The blacksmith is in the middle of making some ornamental armor for a local trader. He said he will get your stuff later in the day. Player. I'm in a bit of a rush, and uh, so I'm going to uh, rush to get moving to the next town. And I see my family, so I offer him substantial bonus to get it done more quickly. GM. The blacksmith looks grateful for the offer, but says that the trader has been waiting for his work for a while now, and he really wants it today. If you can go talk to the guy and offer him some money or service, he might be willing to wait and not raise a stink if his work is delayed again. The block adds a little extra work with uh, the block adds a little extra work, uh, little extra to work with, and doesn't significantly change anything. Just add some fun. I apologize for the derogatory remarks in my letter. <laughs> no, you You're don't. Not sorry. <laughs> no, because you, no. you you typed it and, and sent it. Because there's in editing. Capital <laughs> when you type things in capital letters repeatedly, <laughs> yeah. it's not. Oops. Sorry, I said fuck eight times. <coughs> um, but you can uh, be somewhat offensive when you get on your soapbox, and it chaps me a little bit. Chaps or yeah. chaps? This is chaps. chaps Maybe me. his ass it is chaps. Me. Yeah, it chaps means your ass. Chaps your ass. It means he's getting it's annoyed. Sore. He needs ointment. Chafes. Like, like. Chap lips. I don't know. Butt chapstick or something. Yeah. yeah. Sure. All right. All right. It's <laughs> called utter butter. All right. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I love your show and I love your host and guests. Even though Stork gets under my skin fairly often, <laughs> though he does offer a lot. Joshua in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Canadian. <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> You just added it's, an I. Yeah, no, it's Canada. <laughs> P.S. Consume your I stop. Consume your alcohol and be merry about it. 
PPS. I'm out. I know a lot is going to be lost <laughs> in translation as misunderstandings will be had on both sides. But such is the nature of written communication. What? Without discussion, I am sure we will piss each other off for weeks whenever this comes up. I what? look forward to it. <laughs> Actually, your letter was more coherent than most yeah. English letters we get from yes. native English. He was not drunk when he wrote the letter. Nope. He was, however, drunk when he listened to this episode. Yes. <laughs> I am not a yes man. Because I am not a man. <laughs> no, no, he, he, had, he put persons in parentheses. I appreciated that. People. Yes, people. Yeah, people. Yes, yes. Yes, peeps. I'm an occasional dissenter. Uh, first off, you kicked the shit out of that straw man. Oh, no. That straw man is bleeding on the ground. <laughs> He's been preparing for this. You're, be ready. No, he did. He kicked the shit out of it. Yeah. I hope um, your chaps are ready. It, first off, I never said the GM doesn't do anything. I said the GM that I, I believe what I said specifically is that in a sandbox game, story hooks should come from the players rather than the GM. That does not mean the GM doesn't do anything. That just means that the story hooks are player-generated rather than GM-generated. And I believe I said in that episode, if not in the first one, because we've been talking about this for a fucking month, mm-hmm. the GM's role in a quote-unquote sandbox game, if the term was used correctly, would be almost totally reactive. But that is not... You can't You can't make any decisions. You can't decide anything. You can't control <laughs> the NPCs or the weather or anything right. else. I, I never said any of that, ever. I've never said any of that in my life. Yeah. G, that's what the GM does is control NPCs and the, and the rest of the world that the players don't. It's his job. Otherwise, you're not really playing a game. No. You're just telling what? a story. Right, that yes. In his in his understanding of what I said, yeah. there is no need for a GM. He's absolutely yeah. right. Play fiasco. Yeah. But that's not what I said. <laughs> um, if one were to theorize a purely sandbox scenario, I have postulated in the past that it's impossible. Um. It is possibly, yeah. Um, it's well, possibly, it's, it's possibly is, impossible. It is true that I have said that. Am I right? <coughs> maybe, maybe not. Right. We'll find. You know, maybe we'll find out one day. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but the thing about a sand, about a sandboxy game is liken it to a a kid's sandbox. Kid sandbox doesn't just sit there and have nothing in it. That's not the common definition of sandbox. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, it has it has toys in it. Right. Okay. The GM is responsible for the toys. Mm-hmm. And as the GM, I will put toys in the sandbox. Now, whether you as players pick those toys up and play with them, that's not my problem. Right. Now, the toy might continue doing something even if you don't pick it up. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Um, the point is, the, the the salient point, in my opinion here, is that in a sandboxy game, I'm not telling you what toys to pick up. I'm not telling you that if you don't pick up specifically the toy I want you to play with, that the game doesn't, doesn't work or doesn't go on. That's the practical definition of a sandbox game, is here's a bunch of stuff. Do what you want. Right. I'm going to give you some things that might be interesting to you. I might try to interest you in some stuff, but what you do, it's up to you. And what you do, what you, the choice you make matters. Well, that not that every game? Or shouldn't it be? Should be. 
So that's not really the definition of a sandbox, unless well, every good every game, game unless not. the definition of a sandbox is every game that isn't railroady, which is kind of what the actual definition that most people use yes. is. I also think yeah. that which is horribly unhelpful. I also think there's a quality, no, yeah, uh, a sa- statement that gets applied here. Well, what is it? Then? And that people then people said, well, my game is sandboxy. And that's by definition supposed to make it a good game, a better game. Yeah, that's not, and that's yeah, not necessarily yeah. true. Can you just say you're a good GM and that you don't railroad the players? Isn't that basically saying yeah. the same thing? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> for, for me, when I say a sandbox game, and I, I, I think of it literally like Jib was describing a sandbox. Like yeah. I have planned the things in this world here. You can do whatever you want yeah. in it. Right. So it's it, in other words, like for me, it's I've planned, I've planned this. You can do them in any order you want. So for me, I don't. E- I can't tell if I'm playing a sandboxy game as a player because to me, it's about how you design it as a GM. It's like if you're playing a video game. Like there are video games where you have to go through a certain storyline. You kind of t- can tell. But like if you're playing a Skyrim or right now I'm playing uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it's a sandbox because I can go any direction I want until I hit those edges. Eventually, I do fucking hit the edges, and they don't even disguise them as fucking mountains. Come on, guys. I'm sorry. I'm upset about that. That's fine. Um, but so, so for me, it's more of a design standpoint rather than how how the players work through the story, because you definitely have storylines okay. and things. Well, let me ask. Let me ask you this. Okay. <clears throat> in a, in a video game that is not a sandbox, mm-hmm. were that translated into a tabletop RPG? Would it be considered railroady? Uh, it would be very direct, and yeah. It well, we don't we don't use the term direct in RPGs. We use the sorry? term railroad. Well, we when when, when you only have to go in one, we can only go in one direction, or you make no progress unless so, you follow certain. So we're talking things. like Super Mario Brothers, where it's literally like two D, and you can go that way or this no. way until you hit the wall. No, well, no, no oh. like, like a computer generated R- a computer RPG. I know. I'm just kidding. If it was not built as a sandbox, mm-hmm. and it were a tabletop RPG, would it be considered railroady? No, because, I mean, I guess it depends, because in those games, like, you can still be like, oh, I'm on the storyline. Oh, no, I don't feel like that. I'm going to go shoot stuff over here and not participate in the story. Let me give you one example, because I I play almost no computer games at all. I know. I played that one Star Wars one, where you're starting out on a ship, and it's blowing up, and you have to get off the ship. I don't think I played that one. It's old. It's Mm -hmm. probably 10 or 12 years old. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of it. That's helpful. (sighs) I mean, but anyway, yeah. you have to get off the ship, and you have and, and you have to do specific things in order to get off the ship. Right. If you don't do those things, you die. No, you just don't progress. And it, you, the ship never actually blows up because oh. I couldn't I couldn't figure out <laughs> how to get lame. off. I couldn't figure out how to get off the ship, mm-hmm. and I spent oh I don't know an hour on this ship with probably twelve rooms. Knights of the Old Republic. Knights two. of the Old. Re- I, th- I don't know if it was two. I'm not sure. Anyway. Um, you, if you don't get off that ship through the exit that you have to use, mm-hmm. you cannot progress to the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. That's a railroad. That's a railroad, yeah. right? I don't. I mean, how is it not a railroad? I think it's a railroad. If I did that in an RPG, yeah. in a tabletop game, right, and said you have to go talk to this guy, get this thing, and go over there, and nothing else you do yeah. has consequences in the world. No, that's not well. In that specific instance, but most RPGs, like, there are things you can do. Like, That's why I picked that one. Right. 
If there's literally <laughs> nothing else you can do, then yes, that's railroady. Right. But you can have a like a less sandboxy game that, or like an, speaking specifically about video games, where you can go and you can just not progress that main storyline. Right. And I, you can like go swimming or whatever you want to do. I think if there's a main storyline, it's not a sandbox. Really. I think. I would agree. To with me, that. a sandbox is I launch Google, and I got. 18 stories on the page. Oh, I don't run sandbox games then. <laughs> no, I think well, you, see, I think you the, run super, super, super light. Like, there's not rails. There's a story. And they, people can right. do what they want. To me, if it's a sandbox, but this is to Stu's point. Yeah. I mean, where's the definition for sandbox? Right. But to one. me, it's like, it's you pick up a newspaper mm. and you look at the front page. See, this for, is what's going that, on in your world. You don't have to do a goddamn thing. See, right. to me, that's an improv game. I'm not sure that these definitions actually know, have any right? meaning. No, but they're fine. No, that's I know. That's the problem. That's the problem. That's yeah. why. Uh, that's yeah. why how this whole conversation yeah. started is I'm like, what people are using sandbox to mean very different things, yes. and what most of them are using it to mean is I run games that don't suck. Yeah, uh, is right. the common definition. I think yeah. you're right about that. See, I, oh, I've never I, when I've used it, and when I when other people have said it, I guess I've interpreted it as my meaning of like I've designed it, and people can do this in any well, order. Well, see. That I assume sandbox for tabletop RPGs came from the concept of a sandbox, yeah, which is not too. the case. Which is what you were saying. It was a borrowed term Jason. from yeah. from computer games. The computer game industry oh, right. used the term sandbox, and it was adopted to RPGs. So it's not a direct right. But that's direct. what I, that's what I learned it from is from sure. video games. right. But it's right. But that a what how a a sandbox is defined. Yeah. For the computer game industry, mm. should be how every tabletop RPG is run ever. Right. The players can do what they want with their yeah. characters. Yeah. They're not. They don't have to go to specific places. They don't. So it's like it's every game that doesn't suck. That's what a definition of a it, sandbox means. People use. <laughs> I, I think that the tone in which uh, people use I mean, it for context frequently <laughs> is like it's a bona fide. Like yeah. it's like a yeah. I yeah. run, you know. I run sandboxy games, so therefore I run good games. Yeah. yeah. So I totally get what exactly. you're saying. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And, and I think that yeah. that that that's a misnomer. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's, wholly unuseful term. I, the I way would, it's being used. Right, but yeah. It's not with the emails. But. No, it isn't. No. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it totally is. Already, already. I would like. Yeah. No. And okay. I would like to point out too, like, like. You can have good games that aren't sandbox games. Like Absolutely. I, would, I would say convention games, they can't by time limit, by constraint. They can be a little bit sandboxy, but for the most part, like I, I mean most con games that I've run anyway, and most of our one shots for One Shot Saturday and yeah. some of the Shadow Con games, like there's a, a storyline yeah. and you can change it and you yeah. can adapt it as the players go. Oh, I, I disagree. I think I disagree. Oh, okay. I really? think I disagree. Right, I well let's think... save this for okay. another topic then. No, no, I can do it I can do it quick. No, 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 I don't want to do it quick, but I think what, I want to get back to like this guy's okay. email. Because yeah. right. I think this is a really shitty example of this, by the way. Because why like as a player yeah. I don't want to spend time doing side quests to get the blacksmith to make my stuff faster. Like that's I, boring. I, I think he's using this as a, a small as a right, a, a right, convenient example. It is a convenient example of, of what annoying. he's talking about. But let me let me ask a question. Mm -hmm. Okay, do you feel like because you play in the game? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like Gene X is a sandboxy game? No. But not in a bad way. It doesn't mean I, I don't oh, love it. Oh, no. That's just what their <laughs> definition is. <laughs> it's 
sorry. No, no, I'm uh, sorry. Go ahead. But, but like, there's very specific, like, <coughs> like the bad guys are doing very specific things, and when we do stuff, like, I feel like there's, by definition, like, I think that's important because it's not. I mean. Would it alter your your feelings on the subject to know that I have three pages of notes that I wrote before the game started that I've never used? No, because because, <laughs> because every because and the game is something entirely different mm-hmm. from what it was when I conceived it. Which is why I think you can't call something a sandboxy game unless you are looking at it from a planning standpoint. Like when I I don't I can't tell as a player I shouldn't be able to tell if it's a sandboxy game or not. Like, I agree with that. I, think, I agree with I that. I think sandbox is a term for... Because de- this is how I learned it. It's a term for designing video games. How you design a video game. Right. Mm-hmm. Where the characters can do whatever they want. Yeah, where you can go, you can follow that main storyline. Sometimes it's really obvious you're off the main storyline. But story there's line. a main storyline. Yeah, there is a main storyline. But you can say, fuck off. I don't ever want to do that. Like, in Skyrim, I never... There's time playthroughs of that where I specifically never chose a faction. So it's like... I'm fucking yeah. all like goodbye, make sure line, fuck off. <laughs> right. Like so, but I still like do a sense. whole bunch of shit. So, sure. so that's why for me, when I'm planning a sandbox game, like I know it's a sandbox <laughs> game, but that's from a design standpoint. It's the designer knowing this is how these are all the things that are planned in the world. I have no idea which things they're going to interact with or not. Okay, so describe to me what a sand <laughs> a non sandboxy game that is good in tabletop <laughs> RPG would look like. I mean, I played um, I, I, like one shots are my best example. But in one shots, you can do whatever you want. Yes, you're right. Not, not you may not finish one shots. You, know, you may not finish the story right. that the GM has prepared. Right. But I would never, when I'm running mm-hmm. games, when I in, in in one shots or in anything else. I mean, when I ran the the GURPS game last week. By definition, that would be a sandbox game. Mm-hmm. Yet, now the party had a mission. They're like they're part of an organization. You're going to go do this, right? So you know, there's a main story, but how they do it, I don't remember when I knew. Right. Or if they just like you know what, screw these people, screw this organization. We're going to conquer this planet ourselves because we have lasers and all they have are six shooters. Right. I would have run with it. Yeah, but I would say for an example of a video game like Mists. Like, where it's like a puzzle-solving game, where you're solving a mystery or something like that. I can see a really great game with that, where it's not necessarily totally sandboxy and totally open world. Right. Um, You still want your players to feel like it's an open world and like they have all these decisions. But sometimes you're going to get to that lock and maybe it will have a specific reason for... You know, you're going to be Gandalf getting there and like, oh, Melon. Like, you have to know what it is. And I don't think it's bad to always... to sometimes have that. If it's fucking there all the time, it's fucking annoying as fuck. Sure. I don't think I could said fuck much many, many more times than <laughs> that. But I, I, I think there's room for both. Like, as long as you're not completely railroading the players and, um, actually, that is the wrong key. You have to go back eight rooms in the dungeon and go into the little chat. Like, all right, that's annoying. But right. if it's actually a cool puzzle to solve. But even, even quote unquote, sandbox. Mm-hmm. Computer RPGs have that shit. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Except for the only true sandbox computer game that I know of, which is Minecraft. Which that isn't your opinion that it's boring as fuck. Or I think like <laughs> I think like No Man's Sky. They mentioned that in the chat room. It's literally just exploration game. Right. Like you are literally just on a spaceship and you can do whatever the fuck you want. Good. Hmm? No, no, I was looking because you. We're going to say something. I, I was. Something I find frustrating mm-hmm. in games is when I have the first fucking clue what we're supposed <laughs> to be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's maybe, I have no idea how to Maybe there is no supposed to. 
Mm-hmm. I like Kimmy's definition of sandbox. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. No, I like Kimmy's definition of sandbox because I I actually didn't know that I'm about ju- computer games. I, I, well, and I that just, would make sense. I don't under I don't know how sandbox is a helpful term in tabletop RPGs. No, it's it's the what it's is, overused. What and is it's crunch mi- it's debate? Mis- yeah, yeah. It's because everybody has a different. I had a different idea than Kimmy did, than you do, than than Jib did. I'm right. I like yours. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a, like that's why I was like used it. But you're right. Like once. These terms don't have yeah. a universal meaning. They are less helpful. It, well, and they, none of them ever do. No. I mean, none of, no. the, none of the terms that get coined in tabletop yeah. RPGs have a specific meaning. Nine years later, we're still arguing about yeah. definitions. And oh, we, yeah. we have not learned. But, but to the point of the uh, of the writer, um, I have to see your name again, Joshua. Um, I mean, the GM does have to, so I don't... I, I can't believe you would have said that either, but the GM has to do something because you are there to figure out... Oh, I definitely didn't say the GM doesn't get to do anything. Yeah, well, because you have to... There have to be, you know, as Rands was pointing out, there have to be consequences to actions. Exactly. And someone there to interpret what that means when the dice determine you fail or succeed Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the the mechanic of that particular system has you do. Yeah. If you decide, I'm not going to wait for the guy to fix my armor, I'm going to stab him in in the chest. Yeah. Guess what? You just killed the only armorer yeah. here, so now yeah. your armor is really not going to get fixed yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> right. So maybe instead of spending our time like creating new tabletop RPGs, we should create an RPG tabletop dictionary. Yes, a glossary. Like agreed upon, and then we can just. You in- want the most the most unread book ever? That's what you want to make, <laughs> <laughs> or at least the most ignored book. That ever. would be on brand with me, honestly. I'd be hundred percent something I'd spend my time doing. I would do that. <laughs> right. That would be. Fantastic. Do you know what? Read it. One yeah. Person. One. Yeah. Just sell it for a million dollars, or you need to sell one copy. One copy. Yeah. Can you buy it for a million dollars? Oh, I can't. I'm sorry. Don't. All right. All right. <laughs> Anything else? No, no but that's yeah. Whoever whoever <laughs> said that was a douche, Joshua. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone said that. I don't think so. I don't think they I'm, meant it. Unless it well, like there that. have been examples where we've joked about, oh, I didn't do anything in that game. Like I just sat yeah. there and ye- let them yell at each other, and you're like, but we have made jokes about that. Oh, before, sure, but we're yeah. not absolutely. Actually, doing nothing. Yeah, sometimes. But I, 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 I would love to see the excerpt where I, where I said, where I said, in a sandbox game, the GM can't do anything. I would love no. to hear that my, quote. My best. <laughs> My favorite thing is that the player in the second example is a way better player than the first example. <laughs> because the player in the second game doesn't say the same thing as the no. player in no. your game. No. no. Your player goes, um, stew, I thought. And this well, player actually, was like, I'm in a bit of a rush. I'm going right. to role play. That's the variable in the experiment. Yeah. Right. Good players and other players. Yeah. yeah. See? All right. Maybe if it's, it's a, it's a sandbox depending again. on the players. Maybe if you have yeah. crappy players, you don't have a... You have a don't have a sandbox. Maybe. Right? That's not how that works. Well, no. <laughs> I can honestly say I've I've had situations where I've offered the players options to do what, it, and they're like, yeah. what? Yeah. Oh, I, I, this is my favorite tables ever. Oh. Uh, it's like, you know. yeah, Stu is <laughs> looking stricken right to do? now. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, the I other thing I want to be buried in sand when that happens. Is if you have multiple <laughs> proactive players and then they all want to do it. 
different stuff, then oh, that's sure. fun too. Yeah, because then you get to just listen to an hour and a half of what should we do, or 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 have an entire or several sessions where they're split, or they go shopping. Oh, oh yeah, I love shopping so much; it's my favorite thing. That's where I railroad. We actually yeah. shopped a little bit in Blood, Blade, and Tusk, didn't we? Yeah, a little. No, a little is a, fine. Just a tiny. A little bit. is fine. Yeah, I don't want to do a whole Horror session. <laughs> right. You don't want to All spend right. whole episodes no. doing yeah. Star Wars, you know, shopping for. <laughs> I just pantomime shooting myself in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> to those listening at home. <laughs> All right. All right, we did it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, let's. Yeah. Don't click. forget. Oh, okay. no. Oh, you know what? Happyjacks.org/slash/rainbow. If yes, you would sir. like to donate, boom. Please yeah, do right. it. Yeah. Tell your friends. And now I will drop the song. Yes, and uh, like a hammer on my toe. What? Yes. Next Tuesday is Giving Tuesday or something. Yes, yeah, been, Giving Tuesday. Yeah, so pick our charity. Do HappyJacks.org/slash/rainbow yes. and Giving Tuesday. Woo! Woo! Or, or any any good charity. Any good charity. Because yes. charities are awesome. But do yes. a giving. Yeah, do the giving. Yep. Pick something you care about. We're Thank you for joining us for season 23, episode 6 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Gina Sheehan. And I am not Stork. Nope. That's Jim. Jim! And we will be back next week, Friday, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Happy Jack's Org slash live if you'd like to join us. Live in the chat room as we stream. Thank you very much. And we'll leave you with a song.
preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.